Welcome to our Spiritual Resilience Podcast with Reverend Rich Taffel, a transformative leader and executive coach in areas of public policy, social change, and spiritual entrepreneurship. We understand that today's life and social challenges require a more holistic approach, including spiritual tools, thoughtful dialogue, and of course, community building. Join us in the conversation. This week, I'd like to address one very simple question. Who is God? Now, this question has come up numerous times in our weekly discussions. It might be the cosmic theological question of all times. Now, surely this is an impossible topic. But at Church of the Holy City, we're all about impossible topics. So let's solve this one in the next 15 minutes or so. Are you in? Now, before I give a really long answer on this, I'll just take a second and I'll just ask you to answer that question yourself in your own thoughts right now. If you were forced to write down who is God, what would you say? Now, I gave an interview last month on a podcast called The Integral Stage with Alayman Pascal. As a, the two hours of the interview were winding down, he asked me this question. When you think of God, what is it you think of? How would you describe God without using the word God? Just like I asked you, what would you say? Now, I responded, and I, and I thought it sounded a little cliche. I said that I thought God was love and truth, the creative force that gives life to everything and is beyond our imagination and manifests itself when we love others. So that's my short answer. And I've answered the question, who is God? And thank you for being with us. This will be our now shortest sermon. But I'm a minister and we still have some time, so um, we can't waste that. So before we go, let me try to shed some light on the complexity in understanding who and what God is and try to get our heads around the various ways people view God. Because as many people as there are, there are those many views of God. Well, let me take you through the most common ways people see God. And when you're listening, you could actually figure out which one resonates with you. Uh, so let's break these into divisions. The first division, I guess, in understanding God, if you, if you would, would be people who do or do not uh, believe in God at all. Uh, people who say there is no supernatural being in the universe, there is no God, they are atheists. Uh, they see nothing that is metaphysical, that can't be measured. Uh, a good example would be Richard Dawkins, who wrote a book called The God Delusion. And he would often point out in his speeches that the attack on 9-11, for example, wasn't the thought of hijackers as much as the false teachings that there's a God and there's religions. And this delusion of a belief in God leads to nothing but trouble. So that would be atheism. Okay. So the next way people look at God would be a group of people who think there's a God out there, maybe or maybe not. And it's impossible to know for sure. And we shouldn't waste our time thinking much about it because it can't be comprehended anyway. 
and they would be agnostics. So we've gone through atheists, now agnostics. Now let's move on to believers. There's, there are those who believe in God, but they don't believe God is active anymore. They're called deist. They believe that there's an intelligent being who created the world and then left it to run on its own with the rules of nature. You could imagine a, a, a watchmaker creating a watch. Now, interestingly, this was a very popular view of God among our founding fathers, including Thomas Jefferson. Okay, so let's move now to people who believe in a God that's active in the world. And that breaks down into two big categories, polytheist and monotheist. Polytheists, as you know, believe in many gods. Uh, you could see this in Greek mythology, you could see it in Hinduism, but there are even different subgroups of polytheists. For example, polytheists that see one dominant God who rules over other deities are called henotheists. And this is very common among American, uh, Native American Indian tribes. Another group of polytheists believe that uh, God is nature and that nature and God are one and they're called pantheists. And this is common among pagan religions and among modern Wiccan groups you might've heard about. Now, interestingly, some Christians fall into polytheism, though they often don't know it. Some Trinitarian Christians believe in three separate gods. There's a God the Father, a God the Son, a God the Holy Spirit. There are three separate uh, beings interacting. And one criticism that Islam had of Christianity is that it saw that Christians were very often polytheists, which in some cases they are. Okay, so now we've seen polytheists. Let's move on to monotheists. Monotheists obviously are people who believe in one God. Now, do you know what the world's oldest monotheist religion is? Well, the answers were not completely sure. Some scholars believe it started with Zoroastrianism, which was founded in the Ray section of modern day Tehran, Iran. So I thought Nikki would appreciate that considering he was born in Iran. And uh, most scholars believe that it was actually Judaism is the original religion, a monotheist religion. And that was about 500 BCE. And that would have started in the Sinai desert with Abraham. Now, even among monotheists, there are subgroups and there's five big monotheistic, monotheistic religions, Judaism, Christianity, Sikhism, Zoroastrianism, and Islam. Now, a very common theme among most of these monotheist religions is sort of a golden rule. You should do to others as you want done to you, avoid evil practices, uh, love your neighbor, and worship God. But even among those who believe in one God, and even those who believe in a one God who is a Christian God, there are very different views. Now, I found this really fascinating, but a study that was done in 2006 by Baylor University's Institute of the Studies of Religion found that American monotheists, okay, people who believed in one God, they had four basic views of God. And these views of God are very different. So you can listen to these four different views of God, of a monotheistic God in the United States, and uh, decide which one relates best to you. The first one, the largest group of people who believed in God in the United States believed in what you could call an authoritarian God. That was 31%. 
Their God is involved with daily life and world events, but can be very angry and punish those who are not faithful. Now, if you were at my sermon on faith last week, it does help explain why so many American Christians are really focused on a God who punishes people by sending them to hell. And this is very common among evangelical faiths and fundamentalist faiths. The second largest group of the way people see God in the United States, according to the study, at 24%, were people that were sort of like the deists that I spoke about earlier. They see God as a cosmic force, but not one who engages with the world. This God simply sets the law of nature into motion and lets things go. So that's the second largest. The third largest group at 23% believe in a compassionate God of love who is deeply involved in daily life and events. This view of God sees God as loving and not interested in punishment. And the fourth group, the fourth group is believes in sort of a punishing God. They're like the first group that I mentioned, but they don't believe is, that God is very involved in our daily lives, but they do believe that we will face a punishing judgment for the way we behave. So what's so interesting is in this study is that when people tell you, I believe in God, they're not really telling you very much. They could have really different worldviews and say, I believe in God. These are really different. Now, the first one, uh, and the fourth one, you know, that sort of the punishing and the authoritarian God, they're pretty similar. And if you put them together, okay, half, almost half the people, according to this study in the United States who believe in God, believe in this type of God, not so much a God of love, but a God who is in charge, commanding, and punishing. So this is really important for us as we try to understand who is God and understand the diversity of views in our own country, mainly within Christianity, on who God is. So again, the next time someone says to you, I don't believe in God, you can ask them which one. You might be surprised that they actually share a lot of your views, but they don't believe that they're allowed to hold that view of, say, a loving God who's engaged in the world. How about us in our tradition? What do we believe? So in our tradition, the best way I could sum it up would say, we believe in one loving God, a, a creator and sustainer of all it is. It's the alpha, the omega, the beginning, and the end. This loving force created humanity out of an inherent desire for a relationship. This force wants what's best for us and allows us the freedom to grow in compassion or selfishness. We believe that this God respects all faith paths if it helps a person become more loving and kind to others. This God cannot be fully imagined or understood. When we're children, it's helpful to imagine this God as human. A lot of kids do. But as we grow up, and we discussed this before, we realize that this force is so far beyond our imagination. In the Christian faith, Jesus, God in human form, is the best way probably to comprehend God. If you were here last week, you might remember my drawing of God when I was 10. As a child, my dad said that God was all seeing, but not a man. So I drew God as a glob of eyeballs. Only years later, when I studied world religions, would I see that the Hindu goddess Namagira has this uh, image 
of one God with many eyes. Now, as I've gotten older, I found better ways, at least for me, to imagine God. And I, I love the image of thinking of God as a sun force, because I can relate to that, giving energy and life to all that exists. And if the sun were to stop tomorrow, all life would die. And I can see God in that way as the, a creative force giving life to everything. So how about you? We're back to you. What do you think God is? I encourage you to go a little deeper with your beliefs on God. I encourage you to really seek God. I encourage you to grow beyond the childlike uh, limitation and images that we were given. And I encourage us all to grow beyond any punishing or cruel images of God that we've been taught. I encourage you to trust in God. And if you do, you will experience the peace that passes all understanding in this life. If you seek this loving God, you will experience small epiphanies that will make sense to you. God will work through the people in your life and you will meet the right connections that come into your life and you'll recognize the divine's activity through them. And here's how amazing God is. God works through you. God partners with you. God needs you. You are God's agent in the world, created with a divine purpose. God wants to work through you to bring more love, more compassion, and more peace in the world. Let me end this discussion of who is God with the words of Jesus when he was talking about God. He's describing this time of judgment when people have passed into the next life, and they're at heaven, and the religious people are boasting about how great they were on life. And then he says, he moves them to one side, and he turns to the other side and says, come to those who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you at the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then the righteous religious will answer God, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you as a stranger and take you in or naked and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the Lord will, will, will reply, truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these of mine, you did for me. And that's what it boils down to. Whatever we do for the least of these in our lives, we do for God. We are all created in the image of God. That's who God is. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Spiritual Resilience Podcast with Reverend Rich Taffel. We invite you to reach out to us with your questions and comments, as well as proposed topics for discussion. 
sending you love and light. Till next episode.